This is the Anything Goes with Jackson Neal podcast. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jackson Neal, here for episode number 110. Today, I'm talking with Jay French about his latest track, Cut You Off with Yellow Beezy, and much, much more. Jay and I talk about a lot of fun stuff in this one. But first, I just want to remind everyone that this podcast is available on all of your favorite platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and SoundCloud. It's also available on jacksonnealpodcasts.com, the go-to spot for everything that I publish. So this was a really fun interview to do with uh, Jay. Uh, We talked about so many fun things, including his latest track, his upcoming project, some of his past work, but also about comedians and all this really, really fun stuff. It was one of the more wide-ranging interviews I've ever had here on the show, and it was a blast to do. So here's my conversation with Jay French. How did this latest track cut you off with Yellow Beezy? How did that come about? Um... I honestly put the beat together um, really, really quickly, like uh, maybe back in like March and uh, just got a hold of BZ's manager and we, we, and you know, sent them the song. They liked it. We, we got in the studio and we, we, you know, we probably made it. It probably took us about two days to make, to uh, get it. He heard me. We had one listening session and then the next day he he comes back. Well, no, it was over the weekend. He went to the double XL freshman cover thing and flew back that Monday. We, we had a session. He, he knocked it out real quick. He didn't even write it. He just knocked his part out. <laughs> he, <laughs> I guess he had it formulated in his mind already or something. Or or maybe he had it in his phone. I just, I just didn't see it. You know? <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't know. But he knocked it out. He vibed. You know, it was like, you know, it took two days to come out. I produced it myself. And um, I came up with the hook based on things I was going through at that moment, like uh, we're dealing with people. And, that's, you know, everything has to come from somewhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, that's what I was dealing with, you know. I don't I don't really rap about doing drugs and getting high and stuff, like, because I don't do that stuff. If I did that stuff, you'd hear me rap about it because I only talk about what I do and what I'm going through. So it's like uh, that that came about just from me dodging a couple bullets, you know, metaphorically and that's how that came out you know so I, I hope i never have to cut you off it was like man i'm meeting all these new people and i just hope i don't have it doesn't come to that you know mm-hmm. yeah, that's ex- basically what, what it was exactly you can always tell when music kind of comes from that that true honest place too right it has to it has to or it's not going to be really good no one's going to really feel it exactly you know, unless, you know if you're if you if you're honest about it people can tell you're honest because people can relate to it mm-hmm. exactly so you said you kind of made the beat really quick and you sent it right over to bz why did why did you choose him why was it why did you decide to send it over to him what was it about the beat and the production that, you, that made you say oh he needs to be on this track yeah i just i i hear i heard his voice on i heard like i was like you know bz would sound good on this track uh you know stepping outside the box from what he normally does even though it's not even what he does at all like, you know, I just put music, I can hear certain voices on certain songs. And, um, you know, just to do something different, I like to think outside the box. And it's totally outside of everything he does. When he first heard it, first thing he says, him and his manager, both of them said, uh, his manager, Lodap, uh, 
Flow Deezy. Um, he says, man, this sounds like what Pharrell is trying to get us on. <laughs> That's the first thing they said. This is because they just came from L.A. with the first time they heard it. You know, and we in the studio, we just buy it, you know, and they're like, man, we just got from L.A. today, you know, like from with, hanging out with Pharrell, and Pharrell was playing us these tracks like these. Uh, every track sounded like this track, you know, and he was like, man, we got to get this one done. And that's some pretty, that's some pretty high praise too. If they're comparing a track that you um you did the production for to something that Pharrell would do, right, right, right. You know, and and honestly, I mean, I don't compare myself to those guys, but it's like I don't even notice it. But so many people, like I produce pretty much everything I'm on, pretty much everything I do. You know, I play eight instruments. I play multiple instruments. Been playing them all my life. You know, so I produce like everything I do. And, uh, or I try to have something to do with the production, you know. Mm-hmm. Or I probably won't do it. I don't have anything to do with the, with the production. Exactly. Usually, but, but yeah, you know, it is a really high praise. When they said that, I was like, really? Pharrell, what? What's Pharrell on? That's the first thing I'm thinking of. Is like, what? What is Pharrell on? What are they doing? You know, I'm like, this is what I'm on right now. Like, why are they doing? This? <laughs> you know. Well, but it was just outside the box for him. You know, it was different than what he normally. The, the type of songs he normally gets on, you know, mm-hmm. and he even sounded different. And uh, they loved it. They said it was the one of their favorite songs they've done. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a really catchy song that I really really like. And I saw that there's also this kind of like dance that goes along with it. How did that come about? Oh man, the Future Kings, <laughs> the Future Kings, they they danced to it. Then Keita seen it and I guess danced to it after that. And then everyone else just started dancing to it. It just turned into a dance challenge. It was just crazy. I didn't even. It's still trending, like on Triller, like on these apps right now. Mm-hmm. Right now, people are doing it every day. Still, you know. And I'm like, I don't even know where. I, you know, someone just liked the song. They probably heard it on the radio or something, wherever they were at, or from someone. And they just did their own little dance to it. It was cool. And they reached out and everything. And we we got a cool relationship now. Uh, you know all those guys like Keita, Keita the Great, the Future Kings. You know they all reached out, and you know that was really cool. Yeah, I, know, I didn't know them before this. I didn't know even who they were before this. <laughs> <laughs> and then I come to find out they've been on Ellen DeGeneres multiple times, and uh, America's Got Talent. Keita the Great won. So you think you can dance? I'm like I, don't, I didn't know who you guys were before this song came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. You mentioned like Triller. It's like a, it's crazy with these songs nowadays. Just, they'll just pick up on these like apps here or there, like in a meme or something like that. And next thing you know, everyone's listening yeah. to it. It's wild. Yeah, it, immediately. Like that's that's what's crazy is like technology is making it so easy for people just to like do art. I think like doing art is like the new trend, really. You know, like so even if you can't do art yourself, you want to do something. Or have something to do with it. Make your own dance video to this song. It's not. It's not good enough to just hear the song like it used to be. It's like you have to be rapping on the instrument. There's a there's a there's an app called Rap Chat. Okay. And they, they, you literally get on there and they, they're, I'm doing something with them right now. Like they just they they just reached out and told me um, told my publicist that they wanted me to do a shout out, put my beat on their thing. They're gonna you know, do a social media thing with it, and, uh, you know, but it, it's an app that people just rap on instrumentals. 
Oh wow! That's... They just literally make a video rapping on the instrumental. It's like these—that's the trend now. Is like doing artists, the trend. not actually even succeeding at it, just doing it. Yeah, that's so cool, and it's like a way. For, you have, and you're yeah, right. You with don't like, have to. With between dancing and now, yeah, like between like <laughs> dancing and like even like this rap chat thing, it's like a way for fans not only to just enjoy the music from like their favorite artists, but also like you know create art alongside with it. It's such a cool dynamic. Right, it is. It is. It's a, it's a very cool dynamic. All these are good for for people who want to just create art as a hobby. So, you know, these things kind of cultivate the, the the hobby of art, the hobby of music, instead of the profession of music or, you know, performing and all that. People don't. Everyone doesn't want to do that, but people. A, a lot of people just want to do it as a hobby, you know, as a hobby and and not as a profession. So these, these different apps kind of cultivate that. And, you know, it's like SoundCloud, Rap Chat, Triller, uh, what's the other one? TikTok. Oh, you know, yeah, that one. There's so many of them. And they all just really, you know, they there's millions of people on there, it's all kind of kids and all kind of people. It's an outlet. It's a creative outlet. And I think they're great, you know. Yeah, I co-sign yeah. all of them. You're so right. It's just, it's just a way for people, you know, just to have art as a form of expression, even if they're not doing it as their professional job. Right, right. Because when you do it, when you go to a studio, you have to pay for studio time. Let's just be real. Mm -hmm. And it's not cheap if you're doing it right. And, uh, you know, the instruments are not cheap. Uh, you know, a mic, my mic costs $2,000. <laughs> it's a good <laughs> mic. <laughs> my mic it costs that, you know, not even speaking on the speakers and everything else that's in there, the computer, the program, the keyboard, the everything else, the MPs, you know, the MPs, you know, it just, it, 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 you don't have to, that's when you're really serious about going into it. But, you know, just because I cook at home sometimes does not mean I want to go be a professional chef. Exactly. You know, so. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, you, you don't want to taste my cooking, that's all I'll say about that that topic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, but yeah, but that, but, but you, yeah, but that's pretty much like how the dance came about, and uh, you know, it just came, it just came out of the out of the blue, and it just caught on, and when people see stars dancing and stuff, they just it just trends, you know, and that's pretty much how it happened. Yeah, it's a, it kind of you know, like I said, it, it breeds that kind of like you know, that community kind of engagement for, between people. I just have to ask you this: Are you that good of a dancer, and could you do the dance yourself, or is that something not your strong suit? Yeah. I'm, I can dance. I used to dance. Really? I danced there. I danced all of high school. That's what I I danced for an assembly, like for the homecoming. Like they went crazy or crazy to my dance. Like man, they go crazy or crazy. I can dance. Oh wow! So like, I, still, I I got moves like Michael Jackson though. Mine is different. Mine is mine are not like I don't I don't do the goofy dance with the new stuff. I do like I'm called. I can do the moonwalk and shit. Oh jeez. <laughs> No, I'm really good though. I'm serious. I used to be really good. I don't know if I'm still that good. But, oh, maybe you have to like post to, a video of that or something. Up. You say what? Maybe you have to like post a video of that or something as some proof. Yeah, I might have to. I might have to. You know, my friend Shane. She she told me that I'm gonna have to because she seen me dance before, like clowning, and she was like, "You were actually good. You were just playing, but you do actually really good." And she's like, "You need to do a video of that." I'm not gonna do that and be all serious into that, but I might do a cut you off challenge just to do it, 
you know, just because everybody else is doing it. I'm gonna do the same dance that Future Kings did. You know. Exactly. Yeah. If if it's your you know if it's your track, might as well join in. Um, yeah, I might as well. I mean, I made it. I rapped on it. I think I did enough, but I'll do it. <laughs> exactly. Just just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. Right. You know, this stuff costs. This stuff is different. It's different. Pushing this stuff out is it's ridiculously hard. This is the hardest. I mean, it's easy art wise, but it is definitely the hardest. Uh, business to making it you know for sure you know it's like one of the best jobs in america and it's still one of the hardest industries to get into mm-hmm. and uh you know there's a lot of stops there's a lot of stop ups especially if you want to make some money and you not you don't want to be screwed over you know so i, I put a lot of energy into this record you know and i want to uh, i definitely might do it just to just to keep it going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and like, you know, we talked about like the sound clouds and all these different apps and everything, you know, that that's great, you know, for let some fans do some art, but it also means that there's a lot more art out there. So it's harder to get heard. Right. It is. I mean, it's a lot of, it's so oversaturated, but mm-hmm. you know what? It's really not, it's just the way it should be. Like, this is the way art should be created. It should be developed and created and people should have the, so many ways to, to 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 do art and to express themselves artistically and creatively, however they want to. Whether it's drawing, whether it's building something, you know, you don't have to have a shop to build a car. You can make one in your garage. You're fine. And, you know, I mean, and it shouldn't be regulated in uh, like you know at, at all. There, there should be places like SoundCloud where it's like the wild wild west. You know, where you can just go in there and do whatever you want to do. And if people like it, they like it. That's what hip-hop is. Hip-hop is about the newest stuff. That's what it's about. It's about the new guy. You know, it's not like it's not about Jay-Z. Hip-hop's not about Jay-Z. Hip-hop is about the kid that, that only got four listenings. Four, he has four people listening to him on SoundCloud. That's it. And if someone discovered him and said, hey, y'all not listening to this, though. This is the new. Like, this is hard. Like, that's what really turns people on about music nowadays. And hip-hop is like the, the biggest music in the world right now. It's like so many, there's so many more hip-hop artists and urban artists on, on uh, urban genre artists on the Billboard right now than any, than any other music genre. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and it's because of the newness and the freshness of it. There's no traditional. People try to keep it traditional, but there is, there's, that's, that is impossible because it's too fresh and too new. And um, everything has to be fresh and new for it to stay alive in the first place. You know? Exactly. So when you think about traditional rap, you think about like KRS-One, Nas, and, you know, and all that, and Biggie. Uh, but, that, but that stuff is like, if they were alive right now, they'd be different. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. You know, they'd probably be different. You know, if Biggie and Pac were alive, they'd be different. You know, even Nas has changed. He's changed his tone a whole lot, you know, since he first came out. You know, but yeah, but yeah, yeah that's the, you know, it, it is what it is, though. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm sorry. Oh, no, 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 you're so right, though. Hip-hop is one of, is probably the best genre in terms of constant innovation, and that more than any other genre, there's always something new in it. And that, that means right. that 40 years after it was created, it's now getting bigger and bigger in the biggest genre because there's still new stuff going on. Right. It's always something new. It's ridiculous how, and it's so much new that people haven't even discovered. 
Yeah. You know, and it's just it's just so much newness to to as far as like the dynamic of music. That's what hip hop does. It's the it's the genre that pushed that put all the genres together in one and 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 just talked over it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to put it mixed it blended rock with funk with disco and added some jazz to it and you got a song right there. Yeah. You got one guy playing jazz drum. You got somebody playing a rock, electric guitar on the same song. And then you got uh, a funky vibe to it with some synth, some funk synth in it. And then you got <laughs> some funk bass in it or whatever. The bass player is playing funk. The guitarist is playing rock. But the, the drummer is playing jazz drum. And, and then you got a guy sitting there scatting and rapping over it, doing uh, spoken word poetry over it. Hip hop is the most innovative music. Period. It started like that. That's the way it became popular because it's so innovative. And now it's it, you know, and it's it, it's kind of just like it's it's gotten away from its own self. It's a it's got a mind of its own now. Mm -hmm. You don't have to push it, people. That's part of the culture. That's the religion now. It's ridiculous, you know. And hip hop kind of makes the rules. You know, if hip hop likes it, everybody likes it. Yeah. Hip hop has to accept it for everybody to accept it. Hip hop doesn't like Trump. That's why Trump is not uh, favored. Mm -hmm. But if hip hop just started loving Trump all of a sudden, trust and believe it, pe more people would like Trump. Mm -hmm. I mean, true. Hip hop, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. I think it, you know, I think you can even look at other things, like, you know, even just like, I think of like a video game, like, you know, when that whole Fortnite thing happened last year, I think a big part of that was because Drake was on that one video and Travis Scott and that, that people were, they liked all these hip hop dances in there and that that's helped to catch on. And then as all the kind of rap, you know, as hip hop fell yeah. away from it, Fortnite also mm -hmm. lost some popularity as well. Exactly. Because they were still in the dances and they weren't giving credit to the guys. And that's it's gonna hurt exactly hip-hop is important hip-hop is that important mm. right now hip-hop is really that's everything right even if country doesn't start um mixing with hip-hop it's gonna be obsolete one day but it might be the last one left because rock is extinct <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> rock is extinct and i love rock Same. and it's it's Think. We don't have any more Green Days coming out. We don't have any more like Kings of Leon was like the last of the Mohicans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Seriously, you know, there's not going to be another Queen for a, you know a good while from right now. I just don't foresee it. I just don't see it happening. Mm -hmm. Like Queen is my favorite band, and I don't see it. I don't see anything even remotely close to that, even being inspired to do, you know, because, you know, back then that was new, you know, that was new for them, for the UK. It was normal for the United States, but it was new for the UK then, and they were really into it, you know. Yeah, exactly. The newest guy is going to have the biggest hunger, you know, just the way it is. Yeah, no, that's like, a cool thing put about me on the song with Jay-Z right now. Put me on the song with Jay-Z right now. I'm going to smoke him. Mm -hmm. I'm way more hungry than him. I'm gonna smoke that guy. Put me on a song with Kendrick Lamar. I'm gonna roast him purposely. 
just to show everybody believe to believe in me. Like, you know, just to you know, believe me as an artist. Like I'm gonna show off. I'm gonna show out. You know, that's that's how those guys get down. That's how Queen and get down. That's how these rappers and these new people, they're just not these rappers, these new rappers, including myself, are not just new to well, including myself in some type of way, but um uh are not just new to the business of rap or business of music, period. They're new to the business of being accepted socially on that level. And um what even the white kids, not even a it's not even a colored thing, you know, it's like even the white kids that are out, like little Zan and a bunch of these other guys, like these guys are they're from the bottom like anybody else. And they are new to the 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 idea of a lot a mass audience actually loves me. Really loves me. Like, you know, would really do anything for me. Like would really you know and like then you know, that's new. So it's like that feeds the hunger because everything is so new and fresh to them. I think that's how hip hop is the life survive, you know, versus the country artists who's most likely they're from a small town. Most most likely they're from a place where everybody knows their name. Most likely they're from a place where everybody accepts them for who they are, you know, socially. And then you have, and then they come out, they, there's no hunger behind that. There's no, like, I'm determined to win. You know, hip-hop, you listen to hip-hop artists, most of them are talking about how they're going to win in life. That's what the music's about. It's inspiring just to listen to this stuff. You know, it's motivating just to hear this stuff because everyone's like, I'm a winner and I'm a win in life. And I'm going to get through this, whatever problem. Country artists are not talking about that. They're not inspiring you in the, through their music. Not saying anything bad about country. I like country, but, you know, uh, it's just a different kind of music. But, but anyways, I'm sorry. Oh, no, so you think it's that kind of like, that's that hunger that's necessary in order for an artist to to break it big and to actually be successful and push music forward? Totally. Totally. I told you, if you put me on a song with Kendrick right now, I'm going to eat him. I'm going I'm to put so much more to it than he would. He's so used to it. He's in market maturity right now. I'm in growth. He's in maturity. And I'm in market growth, business growth, whatever, uh, product growth. He's in product maturity. He's Coca-Cola. Yeah. You know, and I'm like vitamin water was in 2007 you know yeah. so, <laughs> so you're going to hear way more about me you know? so that, that gives me a question so you know you obviously I would imagine have the goals to become Coca-Cola how, oh, totally. how do you think an artist should when they get to that level continue to be in that growth mindset rather than just kind of be st- stable that even when they get to that level what do you think it's important for an artist to remember in order to, to not stay stagnant, to then continue to, to try to rise or just even maintain where they're at? Um, you know what? You have to be every the everyday or the every man. You have to become the, – the higher you get, the more, the more humble you have to be. Mm-hmm. That's the only way to stay in uh, life. Like – I was watching Kevin Hart's last stand-up, right? He's bigger than he's ever been in life mm-hmm. right now. He's richer than he's ever been in his life right now. He has reached a maturity. He has done so many movies in the last few years. It's ridiculous. This guy 
is a whole different comedian than he was five years ago. I'm watching his stand-up, and I'm like, he's too rich. He's not the every man. Why did he do this in a big stadium? They're not going to relate to you like that at that big stadium, you know? And then I watched Dave Chappelle do his new stand-ups two years ago when they came out. Mm-hmm. And he's in front of small audiences. Smaller, way smaller, like a quarter of the size of Kevin Hart. And then one of them, he's in a, he's in a room, there's maybe a couple hundred people there. And, and that was it. <laughs> at the end of one of them, he did, another one comes on. He's at the end of, he's like a couple hundred people. You have to bring it back down and be the everyman. Mm-hmm. When your stuff is tested in the room with the everyman people, those are that's when you know you're good. That's when you know you're still good at this. And Ke- and I have and I have to say, Kevin Hart's it really it, he, it sucked to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm a huge fan of his. And I was like, man, it just wasn't really funny. funny. And uh and that and Dave Chappelle's was super funny. And I'm like, you know what? It's because he's dodging the 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 uh the famous book. He's not oversaturating himself. You know, he's giving himself to you in portions mm-hmm. over the years. That's it. You know, and he you know what you 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 have to appeal to the you have to become the everyman and walk like that. Like I know Dave Chappelle. I met Dave Chappelle and he's like he walked up to me and said, How am I doing? I'm standing by the staircase at Erica Badu's birthday party. And I'm by the staircase just standing there. And he walks up. I didn't even know it was him because he's all buffed now, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, who is this guy in all black walking this way? I just kind of looked around him. I didn't even. And then I, he, the closer he got to me, he was going up those stairs. That's when I'm sitting on the stairs. And he walked up to me before he went up the stairs. I'm like, how you doing, man? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I should have, you know. And we just had like a little mini conversation before he went up there and smoked a cigarette. Or some weed or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, he came back down and we all went on stage, you know, and uh, for Erica's party, before it was for Erica's birthday party, we all went on there. But yeah, um, but he's a regular guy, you know, like Kevin Hart. I can't imagine him coming to Dallas without security. Mm-hmm. You know? It's just, it, it's impossible for you to be really that funny. And he's a funny guy, but it's impossible for you to be funny and doing stand-up when you're just too big. I think he got, like, Eddie Murphy fever, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what happened to Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy did Raw. This is the last one. He did Raw and then went into movies and did a million movies. And now it's like he's just out of touch, you know? Mm-hmm. Although, although Eddie Murphy, does, it will. I heard something about Netflix offering him like seventy million dollars. Seventy five million, yeah, yeah, like seventy million or something like that. Yeah, yeah. He's, but I'm like, I'm sitting here like, but he's honest about. It. He's like, I gotta go work out first. Mm-hmm. I gotta go do a lot of shows first before I can do this. He's honest about it. You know, he's out of touch. He's honest. He's like, I'm out of touch. I need to get back in touch with this. Kevin Hart, I think he's out of touch, and I think he doesn't really. I think he probably knows it by now. So he needs to go work out. He needs to go do some different shows, smaller shows. Appeal to those people. Be really funny. You got to 
Yeah, it'd be really funny. I'm, I mean, I'm more scared to perform at 13 people than, than I am 1,300 people. I'm way more comfortable on stage in front of 1,300 people than I am 13 people. Because I can seat every one of you. I can see all yeah. of you. You know, so it's like way more uncomfortable. You see every eye on, you know, and mm. it's just way more uncomfortable. But, yeah, I think they should go do some smaller stuff. And uh, that's how it is with, with rappers, though. We, we have to come back to being, like, doing the stuff that got us on in the first place. Like being more raw, more you know transparent with our with our messages and stuff. You know, if when when I reach market maturity, like I almost don't ever want to reach market maturity because I don't want to ever stop growing. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to always try to find that new thing, that new sound that you could possibly, you know, pursue right. in music. Right. Right. I never make the same song twice. Like ever, like I don't even have everything I make is so different. Mm-hmm. Like if you just go through my music and just put it in, you put it in a shuffle. You just, it's going to sound like a different artist every time. You you hear a song come on and you go, oh that's Jack. Like, you hear my voice. Like it's different. Everything's so different. You know. And is that like it? So that, that that's an that's an effort by you because I've noticed that listening to some of your stuff is that you know it does sound there is some different sounds and I like that. So that's a that's an effort that you put in to make your song sound different. Yeah, totally. I mean, I have to be in a different space. I just do whatever inspires me. So I take inspiration from different things and I put it into something and then it turns into something. I like it to be natural. Like, that's my thing. If it doesn't fit, don't force it. You know, so I, I just, I, I move naturally. I don't do music when I'm, when I don't want to do music or anything. I don't, I'm never like, I got to do this song. No, it's got to come right out. Mm-hmm. It's got to flow out. Like, I might not make music for a week and then I'll just make, pop out five songs in like three days mm-hmm. you know you just you get a, I get a splurge of creativity and it's over yeah you gotta or a surge of creativity and it's over yeah you gotta like listen to your own self it's like oh now, now is the time now is the time for me to write these songs and make this music right I make half songs and I finish them later that's what I do mm-hmm. I put together half songs and I put them, <laughs> and I finish them later that's what I do because I want to be inspired all the way through it I don't want to force myself to have to stay on topic. I just want to write what come, what really I feel, what comes to my gut. I write from the gut. And most of the time I don't write. You know, I kind of just go off the top. I've been doing this since I was 12 years old, you know. And, and so it, I'm so used to writing rhymes. I write in my mind. I write stuff down every now and then just so I don't forget it. Mm-hmm. But I don't usually write. I usually write in my head and then go up. Gotcha. Yeah, you kind of plan it out in your head. Um, one, yeah, yeah, map it out my head. One thing I wanted to touch on, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, is that you're a very, I've heard and read this, that you're a very talented instrumentalist. You, you can play, I think you said eight instruments. Uh, I saw yeah, piano, yeah. drums. I actually play more instruments. I've been saying eight for so long. Like, I've picked up guitar now. Like, oh, wow. Uh, I, I play a lot of instruments. So my question is, I mean, that I, I don't talk, a lot of artists don't have that kind of, wealth of you know being able to play instruments in terms of like wealth of knowledge um how did that get started how did you start to play all these different instruments what what drove you to try to look outside of maybe just traditional hip-hop instruments and say oh i want to pick up and play that well i mean i played instruments before i was even a hip-hop head Mm -hmm. and um uh when i was a kid like four or five years old my father's a grammy winning percussionist Mm -hmm. 
my father said that he got four Grammys himself. His name was Brother Noom. He played, he was with Burning Spear. Okay. I don't know if you're familiar with Burning Spear, the, the reggae band. All reggae. And um, he was with Burning Spear, though. And at one point, he was with Good Music with Kanye's label. And he was on, he produced on Common's album, B, and all of that stuff. And a lot of stuff for Consequence and all of them. My father plays so many instruments, you know. He probably plays like 20 instruments. Jeez. Yeah, so, of course, naturally, I picked up that from when I was a kid. I watched him do it when I was like, you know, four or five. And I'm picking up Jim Bay drums then. Before I could even reach the djembe jam, all the way the top of it, the middle of it, you know, I, I'm hitting them and playing with them, and then all of a sudden I just started going. I was in school and I was always in band, you know. I was in taekwondo. I was a program kid. I was I didn't have a Saturday to be a kid till I was like 15. Mm-hmm. Like seriously, I was always had a recital, a game, or a, a tournament, martial arts tournament, or something like that. But I played instruments my whole life, and that was like my favorite thing. Wow. And I draw and I. I painted. I did all that stuff. When I was in ninth grade, I had a class by myself painting for the school. Oh, really? I did all the murals, the murals around the school. Ninth grade, me and Miss Dearborn. And uh, when I was a freshman, and you know, I've always been into that. You know, I, they always seen stuff in me, and they would like a teacher would pull me up and say, "Why don't you do this?" And I'm like, "Why not?" Exactly. You know, they just point me in the right direction. I had good teachers when I was a kid. And uh, when I was younger, and you know, nowadays I'm like the teacher now to a lot of different artists. Like I work with a bunch of different artists, and I'm always teaching them about music theory and about different things, different frequency that that make people react to what you're doing. You know, and um, yeah. So, I mean, I it's so easy to make a hit. It's, you know, as as we all know in this business, it's all about money most of the time. Mm-hmm. But it's so easy to make a, a song that people like, you know, if you know music theory and you know frequencies and you can write, you can, you know, it's very, it's very easy. So my question there is in terms, you know, you talk about your, te- you know, your teachers, your father, who you know, I heard is, all, like you said, awesome Grammy award winning musician. And but now you're now you're teaching other people. What's it like to kind of have that roles reverse? What's it like to be now the teacher instead of just the student? Um. It, well, I mean, it's just like, it's really, it's really like, it's like, it's not surprising. I mean, you just, you kind of, you, you kind of just become, you know, what you need to be to people, you know, like, <laughs> it's like, if I didn't need to be a teacher, I'd be learning, you know, I'd just be a student, just a student, instead I'm a student and a teacher now. So, you know, I'm still picking up stuff and different things from different people I look up to and you know, I learned a lot from watching a lot of stuff from a lot of people that I've been around. And, you know, I've been around some, I've been blessed to be around some amazing producers. And, uh, and I, and, you know, for a long period of time. And, you know, now, you know, now, you know I don't know, I don't want to say I'm amazing myself, but now I'm, you know, producing on a level like them, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, so that's all it is. It's just, you just be what you need to be to people. A lot of people don't know these, 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 the young, the younger generation right now doesn't know how to play instruments. Mm-hmm. They're not picking it up. They're not doing that. That's not. You know what they're doing? They're the ones on Triller doing the dance challenge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're not picking up a trumpet. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I play trumpet and cornet. They're not playing one, either one. 
I play violin, viola, both of them. I play cello. They they're not picking up cellos. These kids are not doing that. These kids all want to be rappers. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be musicians. They don't understand this is just another form of musicianship, and you got to learn music. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I think you're so right. Any any successful producer that I've talked to, they always t- they always kind of come back to that 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 this is that it's hip hop, but that's a form of music. You have to be a musician, and that they play this instrument or that instrument, and that's kind of what what gives them the background. Is that you can't just go up into Pro Tools or any you know app, uh, whatever Fruity Loops or whatever FL Studio, any one of those things, and just start hitting keys and make a hit. You have to actually know what you're doing. You gotta have that actual mindset. And I feel like that's kind of lost on a lot of people nowadays is that the actual instrumentation of music. Right, they have, they have no clue. Mm-hmm. They don't even know what a, a bar is not even a bar. Like they don't really understand that's a slang for a measure. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> and a measure is four beats, is four beats, is, is uh, there's four beats in a measure. So you got one. Two, three, four. That's a measure. That's one measure. You know, so whatever the speed of the beat is, you know, uh, it's going to be, you know, if you got a 96, like a normal hip hop beat would be like a 96 BPM beat. These, ki- these kids have no clue. If I said that to them, they'd be it's like speaking Spanish. Mm-hmm. And like, <laughs> it's like, and it's four beats. So it's one, two, three, one, two, three. Two, one, two, three, three. That's three bars right there. But they they don't understand it. It was never called bars. It was called measures. And because there's a bar in between the measures, that's just a slanged out thing that musicians do. You know, say, give me a bar. One one of those bars. You know, and um, but yeah, that's what they. These kids are like, man, I'm spitting bars, and it's like, dude. <laughs> you know, do you even know what a bar is like oh, do you know how long a bar is like do you know how many bars you just wrote <laughs> you know like, you don't even know <laughs> and I gotta tell them sometimes just and I don't want to be demeaning so I don't want to be like teaching them I'm just like hey uh, I find a clever way to tell people this stuff you know without making them feel like you know they don't know you know hmm. Just you know, I gotta trick people into teaching them stuff. They're my age too, and it's just so crazy. <laughs> I'm like, I gotta trick you into teaching you something. <laughs> so you have this yeah. single, "Cut You Off," that just came out. You had your you know, your project uh, OGB, and I saw OGB 1.5. What are you currently working on right now? Uh, I'm working on uh, it's. A, I'm working on a record, a new record, and um. Uh, I'm, rec- I'm just going to call it 2.0. Mm-hmm. And I've been working on it since probably like December. Okay. 1.5 came out in like November. That mixtape came out in November. Cut You Off is not on that. Cut You Off is a standalone single. Not sure if that'll be on the new record or not. But I'm working on a new album right now. And uh, I'm pretty much done. <laughs> Honestly. Oh wow! I started um, working on it. I started working on it here and there in January. You know, I'm just getting started in this business, really getting my my bootstrapped up all the way, and it's just you know, it's it's kind of like I'm all over the place. I'm traveling, I'm here and there, and you know, and I worked on. I've been working on it since probably January, or December, mm-hmm. you know, just off and on. 
and you know, I pump out. I mean, as far as I've got like a lot of songs, I got about fifty songs. Oh wow! And um, and there'll probably be only ten songs on this album. Mm-hmm. So you got to cut that down. Yeah, I want the ten strongest songs I can think of, like I can come up with, mm-hmm. like in this time period, and you know, I have the I have ten laid out nice ones, like undeniable tracks. So you mentioned how you always like to kind of you know go in these different directions with your music and try new things and have new sounds. On this project, right. what kind of direction did you go? Did you go with? Um, this one, this next project is like I'm probably uh, it's more of a you know I want I want the lightest moods. I want people to be able to. Um, like as soon as you hear the song, it makes you feel good, or it puts you in a good mood instead of in a bad mood. The frequencies I'm using throughout this whole album is are all like the lightest frequencies that you can use. Not any everything is going directed towards your crown chakra instead of your core chakra. So it's like I don't want you to be able to grab your nuts on any of my music. I want you to be able to <laughs> just be in a good mood every time you hear one of these songs. So that's my that's my whole thing. Because I wanted to honestly, originally I wanted to go with the whole dance album. Really? I wanted I love people dancing and my I love to see people dance to my music. Mm-hmm. You know, and have a good time to it. So every so I, I, I scratched the whole dance thing and I said I just want people to have a good time to every single song on this album. And that's my biggest thing. And I want people to appreciate the lyricism and every single message that's given through it because music is way more universal than just hey i want you to play this in the club and i want you to play this forever i don't care where you play it i just want it to be played forever because i want you to appreciate it mm-hmm. you know and pass it along to the next people you know i don't want to make music just for right now just for 2019 it's just trendy today you know and mean and meaningless tomorrow has to have that lasting impact. Yeah, I want to have the lasting impact. I want to make classics. Exactly. So you I have. Want to, you know, this so you have this single out. Your this album, like you said, fifty tracks. You're cutting it down to ten. Just how are you feeling now, going into the rest of 2019? Um, I'm hungry. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That is it. I am just like. I'm ready for the next level of this. Hmm. Exactly. Just so the, the continuing to grow. The next stage. Yeah, that's it. Well, I know I'm growing. Mm-hmm. You know, I I can't tell you where I want to be in five years because I have no idea where I'm going to be in five years. I just know I'm going to grow so much, and I'm prepared to make changes and and trim the hedges of my life and my my mentalities and different things. You know. I'm just prepared to. I'm I'm prepared to change. Yeah, you know? exactly. Every, you know, every, everything is going to keep changing, and it's never going to stop changing. It's, things are going to get better and better and better. My last my last mixtape is called OGB. It, that stands for only gets better. That's my mantra. You know, so everything's always going to perpetually change. Well, again, a big thank you to Jay for coming on to the podcast. Remember, go down into the show notes there 
I'll have links for you to check out his track, Cut You Off, as well as to follow him so you can stay up to date and know exactly when that upcoming project drops. And with that, that'll wrap it up for this episode. Thank you so much for listening to Anything Goes to Jackson Neal Podcast. Make sure to subscribe and rate this podcast on your favorite platforms because that does a lot to help grow the show. Remember, new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. For more episodes, go down to the show notes and visit the link to jacksonnealpodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes to this podcast as well as the Jackson Neal Music and Sports Podcasts. New episodes of the Music Podcast on Sundays with the Sports Podcast coming on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. If you're a big fan of the show, maybe consider becoming a subscriber on Patreon. For just a couple dollars a month, you can get access to bonus content from my interviews here on Anything Goes, including Today's with Jay, where I asked him about the NBA and he told me these crazy cool stories about Russell Westbrook and stuff like that. So make sure you go out and check that out. And on Patreon, you also get access to bonus segments from both my sports and music podcasts. I write, record, and produce these podcasts myself as a full-time college student. So any little bit of support really, really does go a long way. Link to Patreon down in the show notes. If you want to stay up to date on everything I'm doing, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at jacksonneal 20 Today's music is by Analog by Nature with their song CDK Sunday. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you all next time.